I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Cindy Watts, are you having a problem with the microphone because you're slouching? No, actually, I was having a problem with the microphone because I wasn't slouching. Oh, so slouching is what makes it fit. Slouching is the fix. <laughs> is that the uh, is that the name of your first book? Your autobiography, Slouching is the Fix? It might be. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. Are you ready for your introductory joy? Is what we like to call it. Hit me with hit me with the joy. Um, I'm at the airport and there's a woman completely passed out on the baggage carousel. She's slowly coming around now. <laughs> I was once kidnapped by a bunch of mimes. They did unspeakable things to me. <laughs> okay, then. How is none of that funny? All right. <laughs> that was funnier than the punchlines. <laughs> I heard that you should always look into a mirror before making a big decision. It helps you reflect. <laughs> oh, it always is the third one, isn't it? Well, I'm in my head, I'm working it out. I'm like, okay, so you're reflecting before you make the decision. Uh-huh. Versus... It's kind of funny. All right. As I'm... I can see my reflection in the mirror sitting where, I'm where sitting. you're sitting now yep. uh, i'm just going to give you this is a bonus one for british people because oh, okay. that's a different reference okay all right because i know that you're like half british at this point because oh. you just you're always over there right i'm i there's a there's a there's a beacon on my head that says british uh-huh. come here ready yeah mm-hmm. my inflatable house got a puncture yesterday now i'm living in a flat <laughs> <laughs> we can just put that one in the bin <laughs> There you go. Or the boot. There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, this week on 52, we are taking a dive into uh, the mystery that I call women. Because both songs, uh, New Girl off 52 and Little Miss off of Sugarland's Incredible Machine, are uh, topically written um, about this great mystery. I like to consider it a great mystery. It's even more mysterious than the pyramids to me. See, I don't feel like a great mystery. I think I'm an open book. Do you think Probably. other women are completely readable? I can't speak for them. <laughs> no, I mean, do they not seem like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you have no idea. I don't speak like that. We are on the same team, Christian. Quit talking to me about it. Um, so <laughs> well, I just think it's interesting. And as a man, uh, writing songs uh especially in the sugarland space typically from a female perspective the only people i really have to reference are uh people that are close to me like my mom right you see them in lots of different situations you somewhat are trying to guess what they're thinking or guess what they're feeling when they're feeling it um you know jennifer was my partner in all that you know, I was married to Jill. I had a, I had girlfriends. That was really my only reference. I had I have a daughter, but at the time uh, that I was writing Little Miss, Camille must have only been like four or five. So uh, the mystery was 
they're not mysterious at that age. They are, ab- well, they're mysterious because they can control me as right. their father. Yeah, no, I think they are super mysterious at four <laughs> years old. But at, uh, yeah. but, but they're telling you, always telling you how they're feeling. They're telling you the, you know, they, they, they haven't gone into the internal churn of what I call the teenage dark heart. Oh, yeah. My kid turned 13 and uh, my daughter turned 13. This was, she was the Grim Reaper this year instead of a princess. So I think that that's when the dark heart happens. What what was she for Halloween though? That's what I'm saying. The Grim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> the dad jokes are supposed to be over now. Oh come on! When they're just sitting there, it just makes me want to <sighs> turn over the first domino so the rest will you fall. Just took advantage. I um, see how you are. But yeah, I mean, Rob, Camille treated me very well in her dark heart. Like it was like occasionally there was a there was a door slam, but I think she reserved it to just for her mother okay <laughs> right she just didn't really it wasn't really like spreading the dark poison peanut butter on the bread oh you know what i mean like she she was not coming after me she kept her poison peanut butter for her mother yeah that's excellent i have that to look forward to as well but uh and maybe there's still darkness in there although i have to say my daughter i like to feel like um like addressed it with herself but also was like pretty chill because i'm pretty chill even when i'm mad yes you are but um that doesn't discount even at your outward expression what the internal dialogue is and in both of these songs there's a little bit of internal dialogue external dialogue um but i'm curious to have conversation during this episode um about honestly asking things about a perspective that's not my own because in, in, a, in a lot of times I'm guessing now I had the uh, good fortune in both of these songs to write them with at least a woman in the room. Right. So new girl there, uh, Matresa Berg was the woman in the room. And when you talk about that, that's like a songwriter hall of fame. Right. Writer mm-hmm. <laughs> in the room. Strawberry wine was in the room. Right. Uh, and then in Sugarland, Jennifer and I wrote Little Miss together, just the two of us. Um, so in, in a lot of ways, I typically, as a writer, try to check out of authority, <laughs> saying, I'm the authority on this. This is probably what it needs to be because you need to defer to someone else about a, a woman's perspective, right? But I, I think what's interesting is I'm always curious, once you explain it to me, how to express it, right? And so I I feel like once I get the initial information of, let's, and we can start talking about the first one, new girl, what's it like? I knew what it was like to be a new kid in school. Mm-hmm. I knew what it was like to be um, completely embarrassed to be dropped off or picked up in a certain, you know, in a, in a way that was you know you know where you felt like it was going to draw any attention to you like i wanted to just slip in and just exist there and let me get my footing here before you become my parent or whatever you're gonna do like please pack me a lunch that looks just like all the other lunches can i just do lunch reconnaissance come back home and then have the appropriate like clothing reconnaissance can i just be dressed so that i'm not weird um anything to to fit in. Right. Right. And it's the psychology of being a kid, much less the psychology of being a girl or boy. But, um, in this first song, new girl, there is some significant (laughs) 
perspective going on. And I kind of dug it when it first happened. Like when, when we started talking about the song and, and what we wanted it to be and what that was like, I was kind of curious to find out if girls are this way. Now, Sugarland had written a song called Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And it 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 predated the musical and predated the movie, which um, both of which are unique conversations about women treating women. I didn't really understand the mean girls deeply. I just thought they were insecure girls that were, they weren't necessarily the pretty ones to me, even though they probably were beautiful. And that's what gave them the authority to be mean. I mean, do you think that's, you're just doing eyebrows. This is a podcast. You got to start talking. Um, well, you have a lot of words to say. I'm just I, well, no, you know. I'm just trying to set this up well. Okay, well, I'm just I'm letting you set it up. Okay. It is it is your song after I know. all. I well, I just I'm tracking the eyebrow movements. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm watching a show right now called Dairy Girls. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's this Irish like four or five Irish girls in a school in a, like a Catholic school that are going through the time in the '90s where you know, peace in Belfast was, was happening and it's just not peaceful in their school, but they, they, each of them, they're like stereotypes. There's like the mean girl, the tall one, the crazy one, the whatever smart one. Um, in the idea of there being a new girl in school, which is what this entire song's about, mm-hmm. or at least that's the, the landscape of the story. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been the new girl in school? Do you remember that? No, I went to the same school with the same people from primary school all the way through high school. And then a lot of my high school people also went to MTSU and were in my dorm. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, no, I was never, I mean, you know, short of like, you know, being the new girl at a job. Right. Or something like that. I didn't really have that experience in school because, gosh, I graduated college, you know, with some people I went to grade school with. So does that mean that you were the um, the, the 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 constant and you, so therefore you observed the new girl when they showed up? Maybe. I mean, I was I was not the tall one. I was not the pretty one. I was not the rich one. I was not the smart one. I was the one standing in the corner that people didn't necessarily pay attention to. Um, so I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I've always been an observer and it. Yeah. it. Did you ever see it play out? Did you have somebody move to your town? And you were like, oh, my God, they're from so and so. Well, you know, I remember people moving in and being like, how did she move in and instantly get to be popular? <laughs> how did that? I've been here my entire life. How did she do that? She has curly hair like mine. I have curly hair. I wonder what it is. I never understood. I still don't understand. Do you feel like uh So now when my daughter has problems, I'm not I'm not, that it's I'm not going to tell you what I say. But, you know, I I'm very um protective and supportive. Okay. Well, I I'm just curious cuz I know that the landscape they say is even more dangerous than the Serengeti. You know, like, 
the landscape of school as a kid and even now is even worse because now we're it's school doesn't stop at school it it, it it just like grows through your phone it does you know what i mean like the socialness of it is now like playing three-dimensional chess or something yeah i mean i'm an only child so i, I don't i don't know i mean i think that i always knew i was I don't know, blessed or cursed, depending on how you looked at it. I knew from the time I was little, little that I wanted to move to Nashville and work in country music. So I was able to look at all of those circumstances as temporary anyway. Uh, um, that's probably helpful, right? Yeah, because it didn't, you know, I I always knew I was coming here. I always knew that something in this genre was what I was going to do. I had no doubt. Man, I don't know what it, I would have done if it hadn't worked. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, did you ever see anybody get picked on or beat up for being new? No, I didn't. I really didn't. And if I did, I didn't realize it. Um, a lot of times what would happen is the school would come to me and say, we have a new person moving in. Will you be their friend? Oh, so I've done that. You, you've been, you've been protecting new girls from the, from the get go. Yeah, yeah, but that no, but but yeah, no, I've, I've I've definitely played that game, and and if my and and right now my my best friend here is somebody who um was a co teacher with my best friend from third grade who said I know somebody moving down there, can you be her friend? Oh, interesting. So so yeah, so when you think about it that way, I've been the new girl protector my entire life. Ah, well, this will be interesting to hear your perspective on this song from that attitude. One of the things that we were rolling the metaphor of was um, the new, you know, who's the new girl in country music? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people consider it very much, you know, like a high school. It is like a high school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, uh, we always joked that real, like life app, like, <laughs> what's it like, you know, in the real world, dad? That's like high school with money. (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, it's just exactly like nothing changes weirdly. Um, But in some, the metaphor on this song we were playing around with and it was just playful. But if it's true, and I like to write songs that are about true subjects, right? That's not fiction. Then Mm -hmm. let's explore all sides of it. Right. It's a very Pisces of me or, um, yeah, just to argue both places. Uh, so being the new girl's good or being the new girl's bad, right? And it depends on your perspective. Like I always thought there was like a new girl that came into middle school when I was in middle school. And (laughs) what was amazing to me was hearing all of the stories that were completely made up based on the kind of like failure of the telephone game to do anything like literally she was from Farragut (laughs) right but for some reason by the time it got to me she was like from like the west coast (laughs) okay and had a brother who was a skateboarder and whatever and but it turned out she was just from Farragut so Farragut's the nearby town yeah (laughs) so those listening Farragut is a nearby town Yeah. yeah but it's just really funny um so that happened before 
in high, in my high school, I went to a, a different kind of high school, so we don't really have that. Um, you knew everybody, and everybody was kind of there the whole time. Occasionally, you'd have like an athlete that would show up late a couple years in because they were trying to get from that whatever the school was trying to get an athlete they could brag about. Right. Um, but I guess that's no different than college. College does that. Um, but by the time you get to college, everyone's new. There's no such thing as the new person. We're all there. Right. But, uh, assuming that country music's a high school, right. Um, I remember, and I've talked to Dina Carter about what it was like to be the new girl. She was, she was, she always told me, she was like, I wasn't really the new girl. I'd been around forever. My dad was like session musician. Right. So I literally grew, grew up sleeping in the, the guitar case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I took naps in guitar cases while dad was working. And, uh, she's like, it was just unsettling for me to be an artist and succeed in this kind of way. Yeah. I was the new girl. Right. Um, I remember when Sugarland first came to, country music um everybody being beside themselves about josh turner Hmm. because he had this low low voice and could sing it was like the new randy travis or something Mm -hmm. and everyone was just just beside themselves fluttering with (laughs) and i'm i'm speaking about the ladies uh like you know like if his voice is that deep how big's his foot you know, like, oh. Uh, oh. is that nice? What the ladies think? I have never thought that. Yo, never one time did I yeah. equate the, the tone I, of someone's voice to the size of their feet. Uh huh. Do you like how I do that? I love. Uh-huh. I speak in metaphors. There you go. Um, but anyway, uh, well, the, the, now I, you're I, like painting a picture in my head. I don't know. I'm trying to just. I'm trying to take us back to times All where right, we go. found. Like suddenly everything shifted. Yeah. Right. And it's because there's a new person. And then you start making shit up in your head about, you know, where'd they come from? Well, how'd they get here? And blah, blah, blah. And it's your job as a journalist to actually go, in fact, ask those questions. So Mm -hmm. have you interviewed artists who have been like, oh my gosh, I'm the new person here. I don't know anything. By the time they get to me, Mm -hmm. typically they do. Um, having worked in management, I've definitely dealt with, I had a conversation last night with somebody going, man, I don't know anything. I don't know anything at all. I deal with it more on that side than in journalism and journalism. At the time they get to me, they've, they, they, there's a reason they're there. there. There's a reason they're here by the time they get to me. I mean, it's like, you know, you think about, you know, like Lainey Wilson, God love her. She's precious. Slept in a camper trailer for years trying to make it. Um, uh, Kaylee Hammock, I be- there was she slept in her car in the Target parking lot, you know. By the time, but see those stories are I think what's where all this comes from. Like when I was on Atlantic, they told us that Jewel was from Alaska. Yep, and that and that she had like slept in her car and you know eaten bugs or something. By the mm-hmm. time it got to us, we were and we were on that record label, right? And I would be around her. I'd be like, okay. In the world of weird, and I, Tori Amos is sitting in the same label. Right. I was kind of looking at Jules' even weirder version. And Tori Amos is a legitimately the weirder artist. Right? <laughs> That's legitimately, but she had been there already, so the right. new girl is all I was. It was mystery. The, it was mystery. Yeah. It was, I don't, 
is that true? I don't know it. What? It was that kind of like, hmm. And I guess the younger you are, the more you just kind of make that shit up. Oh, because you're afraid to ask. So have you ever had to reinvent yourself by, you know, like, I, I had the weird opportunity, and I think this is what's about to show up in the song, mm-hmm. that every time I went to a new place, I got to magically not talk about that time where I slipped on the stairs in front of the school or, you know, like I magically got to edit some of the mistakes in my past that I didn't want the new school to know about. Right. Yeah. As long as it wasn't like on a police record, (laughs) you know, like, there are all these embarrassing things that happened to you as a kid because we're all kids growing up and you always had the one crazy friend who made you do weird stuff. And I had that friend and occasionally I'd be like, yeah, there was the, hey man, you should lick the sign that's frozen with your tongue just to see if it sticks like it does in that movie. Have you ever seen anybody do that or? No. Okay. Boys are even weirder than girls. But uh, all of those kind of weird mistakes Every time you go to a new place, and I went to a new middle school that was not my elementary school, and then I went to a new high school that wasn't my middle school, and a new college that wasn't my high school. So I was like able to ditch periodically every four years. (laughs) And then from one band to another, I mean, nobody even realized Billy Pilgrim existed. You are the king of new. I, I (laughs) I am the queen of consistent. Did you ever have a story that followed you? I mean, did I ever have a story that followed me? My name has been in print since, huh? Wow. 22 years ago yesterday was my first day at my first newspaper, my first newspaper. So since then, everything follows you. (laughs) Everything follows me. I mean, I'm working with the same people now in the industry that I worked with many times 22 years ago. You know, I mean, gosh, Keith Urban and Brad Paisley and I professionally grew up together that way. I mean, we know where all of the bodies are buried, you know, in that way. Yeah, no, there's no hiding. There's no reinventing people. Just know you. The flip side of that is I am the world's most boring person. <laughs> So, well, then you're going to love this song. <laughs> well, let's hear it. No, uh, like, uh, okay, we're, we'll listen to New Girl and then we're going to keep going on this. All right. Because I'm, this is, this is a lot of information that I want to like, I have questions that are, there are no answers for because right. I'm a guy. Well, hit me with them. All right. Here, let's hear, here's the song. Yep. Okay. This is, uh, this is New Girl. All right. She's a new girl She's a new name From an old school And it's a brand new game No friends, no sense, no history Everybody loves a mystery She's a new girl She's a new girl 
It is fun. It's a fun song, yeah. yeah. So, did you know anybody got knocked up in high school? I mean, because that's like the biggest uh, rumor mill game. There was a... T- <laughs> right? That's a, and it's all rumor. Like, I don't know. Oh, no, there was... So, I... Oh, gosh. I, you don't I, have to say. No, you just I played, say, yes, I, played, I knew. I played trombone in the band. So, okay. that was kind of my whole world. So, like, I'm, I've been the most uncool person my entire life. But one of the trumpet players got pregnant. I remember. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Before that, I think somebody got pregnant in the eighth grade. Pretty sure they did. Yep, they did. I remember now. I haven't thought about that in years. Eighth grade, Sevier County. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Dear Lord. I know. We're friends on Facebook. I guess I guess all the parts work in eighth grade. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary. <laughs> it's kind of scary. They they do, and that's how you can be my age and be a grandma. I guess as if you had a kid in the eighth grade. Oh, East Tennessee, you're so wonderful. Oh no, but they were from Ohio, so I don't I, I don't see? see. I don't think see? it's them. Yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. They were the, you, they moved. There's in. a lot of mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So what I like about that song, besides the fact that it's fun to listen to because there's so much going on, is uh, personally it didn't make sense to me until Amy started singing it with me mm-hmm. because it doesn't work as a man, of a man singing that song. No. You have to have a female voice. But um, the idea of simply only a female voice, suddenly something happens where I started to then ask myself is the girl singing making fun of the new girl right now you need them you need or is she not making fun or is she supporting her because the song kind of does both things right yeah it says uh one day we'll just move on but right now i'm singing this song for the new girl right which is like well everybody's sitting around talking about her instead of me (laughs) <laughs> and uh one day this will be over so right now i'm just gonna be all into her bitches but you know like <laughs> whatever that game is that women go through right this like i bet she's got knocked up and then there's other dudes like uh was well, uh, she's so beautiful i mean like she's like a daydream shut up dude she's not a daydream you know yes she is i'd put her over my bed if there was a poster oh you know like goodness. this is an entire conversation going on inside the song that if you just put one voice on it, it doesn't seem to give you permission as the listener to imagine that all these are perspectives. It doesn't communicate all the layers if you just have one voice. Oh, thank, thank you, journalist. You're welcome. That was simpler than my explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any insight here into female uh, women and the way they think? I don't know. I mean, I'm just not. Or the way they feel. I'm just not that catty. And and I feel like I would probably be further in life if I was. I feel like I would probably be. So if gosh, you were friends with all the new girls, did they go through this? Um, Let's look at it from another perspective. Like. They. Did they catch a lot of crap? I didn't no because they were with me and I'm the least crap throwing person in the world. Not from you, but did you see it coming well, think, at them? Well, no, because I think what happens, I think what happened, and this is really a conversation for them. I'm, I'm the world's worst at taking people at face value. Like if you tell me something, I'm going to believe it. Like I'm not, you know, to be, you know, I, I love details and I love stories and all of that things, but I also really trust people until they give me a reason not to. Right. Um, so I think what happens in school when you put the new girl with the kid who's literally been there since kindergarten, even if that kid isn't in the popular crowd, the mean girls are going to leave the other girl alone because you're like grandfathered in. That's what, (laughs) that's what I think that's what happens. You know, it's like, I didn't like drinking in new Orleans in 1988. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see any of that. You know, I see it in movies. Uh-huh. You hear things, you hear things like that. I mean, I've just always been, this, um, it's interesting to kind of be, and I still kind of think about it this way. It's like, I like to think that I know that I always know what's going on, but I also in, in, in the business, but I also am the person standing in the corner. So yeah. it's like, you're like walking in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we should have had a special guest to talk about the terrible things that happened. No, when you're the I, new girl. I, really, I'm just more curious about, and this whole episode for me is about um, the emotional uh, 
truth of being a woman in these circumstances rather than being a man. Right. So the new guy, uh, typically men are much more pack animal driven. So you, you, you roll to where you are accepted. So you, you might roll up to a bunch of jocks and you're just not that. And they eventually are like, yeah, no man. And, and, but they don't really bother you if you roll into the other thing. If you go to another group of friends that are enemies with the jocks, then you're now you're in a problem. Right. But, um, you typically drift to where you belong as a man. And then it's like, who's in charge here? Oh, that person. Okay. Then I'll get in line. Like the, the only time that it ever gets weird is when men can't figure out who's the alpha. Well, in the room, that's not different than females. It's like, I remember very clearly being on the playground and wondering why are all of those girls following that one girl? Like, it's not different. They just like to, think that it's 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 not different there's always a leader and there's always a group of followers i mean Uh, it doesn't matter i mean it's that's just how it is i just think that the fighting and then then the making up thing is just very different for men and women oh yeah i think it is i mean i think in in men's case we fight and you're like hmm well now we're never fixing that then we just disagree Mm-hmm. And women are like, I'm sorry. I, no, 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 no. And they like somehow come up with a way to have dialogue about impossible situations. Then, then they s- sort it out to a degree where they can function. You mean with each other or with the opposite sex? No, with each other. Uh, m- men just don't get themselves to a place where they can function. If you are enemy of your neighbor, you are the enemy of your neighbor. There will never be a less... Until you're like 80, there's no apologizing. You know what I'm learning? What? I'm apparently a man. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, 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 we needed a woman for this podcast. Yeah, I, This is not working. I'm sorry. The, the song's called New Girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I just, gosh. Hmm. So if you, how about this? Let's, <laughs> let's, tra- let's change this attitude for a second. Who in country music do you think could sing that song, New Girl? Hmm. I th- well, right now, you know who would be fun is there's this girl, Madeline Edwards, who I adore. And she is very new. I think she is the epitome of the new girl. Hmm. Madeline um, grew up kind of singing jazz and playing piano when she grew up between Texas and California. And she um, moved here. Gosh, I might screw this up, but I'm 99% sure that I'm right. In February of last year is either last year or 2020, but I believe it was last year. So she moved here. Um, and she met Mickey Guyton at a dinner function and Mickey had just had a baby and they just started talking and Mickey's like, Oh, you sing. That's cool. And within a few months, Mickey had Madeline singing with her on the CMA awards. 
<laughs> last year. And since then, Madeline has opened for Chris Stapleton regularly and just signed her first record deal with Warner Music Nashville. So would she be the person to single. sing this? I think she would, because I think that everything that she had to go through to get to this point. And I also think from talking to her, her head is spinning. And I think that it's probably like that anytime you walk into a new situation, whether people are pulling your hair or not, you know, it's like, (laughs) who are these people? What am I doing here? What happens next? And I know for Madeline, she's like going, this is great, but I don't have time to clean my house. You know, like, this is great, but I can't see my friends. This is great, but this is great, but this is great, but I'm losing myself in this. Right. And I think, you know, you're talking about kind of metamorphosizing into something different. And what are you bringing with you and what are you leaving behind? And I think that she is in exactly that position right now is trying to figure out what the country music version of Madeline Edwards looks like, because that's different than the version of Madeline Edwards that, that got that yeah that got you here that that got her here yeah absolutely um just people don't really know her yet well i think that's a pretty normal human experience minus the country stardom but right. the, but the emotional experience of yeah. i mean i see people who have kids for the first time especially moms be like who who, who am i and which part do, like do i have to just like forget all of this before this moment like, do I not get to come back? Well, that's an identity thing, right? Oh, right. Yeah, it's an identity thing. And it's not just when you become a mom. It's like if, if, and I think all of us struggle with that. I think that's more universal than even being the new girl, right? It's like, who am I if I don't have a byline? Yeah. yeah. Who are you if your name's not on a song? Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know. Those, those are great are, questions. Those are, those are big questions. And, and I think probably the key to, to joy, as we like to talk about is figuring out what that answer is and, and are you okay if you don't have a byline or if your name isn't on a song, who are you, you know, your dad, I'm mom, I'm, you know, Bill Watts's daughter, but what does that mean? Sure. You know? This is a great way to get to this next song, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so it's the things that define, like how, how do you make up your own definition of yourself in your dictionary? Right. And how often do you need to update the dictionary of you? Right. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and when it goes into print, are you still looking at the old versions and confused as to why it doesn't still right. <laughs> explain who you are? <laughs> I guess that's why looking at old photographs is always so weird. You're like, oh, I remember me then. I remember that person. Yeah. And uh, it's very odd. So uh, this next song um, that we're pairing this with uh, was my first kind of like deep, deep dive into telling the truth of what I had seen in my mother. Yeah. and, And my friend Jennifer and... Uh, to whatever degree, my ex-wife, my wife at the time, uh, what I had seen in these people as I've been the observer kid yeah. in the corner of the room 
who got given the opportunity to write songs. And as a topic, this just seemed like a topic that wasn't available to talk about because I was a boy. Yeah. And um, the funniest part to me about all of this is that it, I think this year it became a meme. It did. Yeah, it did become uh, on, a meme on, 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 in the world. And, and I remember sending kind of a, 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 an updated version of that meme with my own spin on this. It was like Little Miss. And I was like, the meme was little miss whatever right like uh and they had little like characters against a pink background and i i wrote little miss didn't i already write that song you did i remember that yeah the and the this this sweet social media director runs my stuff she was i sent it to her to post she was like i don't think this is funny (laughs) and i was like oh uh and then she was like, oh, my gosh, you wrote that song. You're right. Oh, I did. I forgot. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my gosh, am I old? Alexa I... was probably like in high school when that yeah, song came Yeah, it just didn't really click. But what's great is the, the play on this was something that I got taught by Sam Faith, who's a poet and was one of my teachers at Emory. And he was like, there is a way to write poetry where you start each line with the same thing and you start to evolve it and you get to do that with the repetition of whatever it is piece you're going to repeat. And it was a, it was an exercise for me and I did it five or six times over the course of two years. And I didn't revisit that until we started writing this song. And I, I, I vividly remember it. We were on a bus and we were in Florida and um, I think it was Kelly Pickler was opening for us. Uh, and we were on the bus and Jennifer was getting dressed in the mirror. She was trying to put her makeup on in the mirror of the bus with the door open and the, the, the bathroom was in the front lounge. So I was sitting on the floor with my little half guitar, which actually is behind you there on your right. And I was just playing it and I had just gotten it in the mail and it's like a half scale guitar. And I was currently obsessed with a band called the weepies and which is this beautiful sort of male female duo. And I loved the way that their voices work together. And, um, it was almost lilting the way that it worked. And I had just been playing Weepies music for Jennifer. And she's like, I don't know who this is. I was like, Oh, you're going to love this. This It's so cool. And, uh, I started playing this sort of repetitive line on the guitar over and over again. It's done. It's like kind of moves the chord around. And I started singing a line and she would sing the next line. And I said, you know, I, I, my, in my imagination, I'm, I said before we started, it was Little Miss whatever. Little Miss uh, uh, checkered dress because she had on a checkered dress mm-hmm. on that day. Yeah. Like I was talking to her, just being playful. Right. Uh, little Miss do your best. Little Miss that. And then we just kept going. And the little like, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. was very weepies inspired. Right. And we didn't think a whole lot of the song other than we really liked the playfulness of 
evolving these things. And I had even told her, I was like, you know, I grew up watching my mom try to appear less smart than she was to be more socially successful in Sevierville. Yeah. Right. And that, I, I'm sure that sounds weird, but it doesn't mean to be sounding weird. No, because it's what women do. I mean, it's not, I mean, in, in, in the workplace, I remember getting a new male boss and, 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 and feeling like that I I needed to act like I'm stupid to make him feel better because he didn't know crap. <laughs> right. I had to explain to him who Jason Aldean was and he was supposed to be the, my music editor and he didn't know or what a ganjo <laughs> was. And I'm like, Oh God. So no, I mean, it's, co- it's common that women do that. I think. And, and it was, it's that plus all the things I saw, like as a kid, I saw mom say that everything's cool and it's not, uh, that I saw her, it was, and I remember I grew up as a child in the seventies. I was born in 1970, so I was 10 in 1980. So I saw the, I'm going to go buy the bacon and fry it up in a pan and make sure you know you're a man Remember the psychology of I can be the, I can work and I can be a home, uh, I, I can serve the home and I can serve the family by working and I can do, it was that I can do everything yeah. type of woman. And I, I think as a kid, when you see your mom, when you're around your mom all the time, which I was, um, watching them get exhausted was a real had a real effect on me like the the moment where their their shoulders went down for a second i remember her shoulders would go down and she wouldn't cry but she'd breathe or put her head down in her hands or that thing where they run their hands through their hair and they just sort of grab their hair in the back like a ponytail but not really and then let it out and then they're okay like to whatever degree that's kind of i yeah i was learning resilience from watching this happen. Right. And so I'm finally getting to tell that story. And so every time I'm talking to Jennifer about this, this is exactly like Jennifer was raised by a single mom. Yeah. Right. And so she had all that information too. Like how to, how to watch somebody do this. So to whatever degree, I think this is a little bit of that. And then I think in each case, stuck in between those lines or a bunch of other lines about ourselves. <laughs> right. That's usually a good song is. It's typically as much as you don't think it's about you. It probably is. But in this case, I could definitely hide around this one that it's not about me at all. Cause it's, it's about a girl. Right. But, uh, I, I love how it, it unfolds as it goes. And then, Maybe after we listen to it, we can talk about what the impact of the song was sure. uh, sort of on the listener. But before it was ever anything, it was just the two of us on a bus. Like I was literally sitting on the ground below her while she was above me in her dress, putting her makeup on. And we, we wrote the whole song. It's a great story. Right there. All right. Let's listen to it. Uh, this is uh, from the Incredible Machine record. This is Little Miss. Little 
miss down on us Little miss I give up Little miss I'll get tough Don't you worry about me Little Miss check her dress Little Miss one big mess Little Miss I'll take less When I always give so much more It's alright, it's alright, it's alright Yeah, sometimes you gotta lose to you
think it's such a great, encouraging, universal message punctuated by the eardrums that that I was doing here in the uh, studio that people couldn't see. Yeah, yeah, that was Travis McNabb playing right there, and actually the drumming on that song was very inspired by um, the Indigo Girls' Galileo. Oh. And that whole time that we recorded it, Southern Tracks, both Love on the Inside and this one, all it was running through my head the whole time was, I hope we make Amy and Emily proud. Oh. Right? And both in our vocal arrangements, but also in bringing uh, music that's exciting to the recorded environment. Because they always did that. And still do. They still, every time I listen to what they're doing, I'm like, wow, what was that? You know, like... I, like they nail the emotion somehow to where you forgot that there's clockwork going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so the song is, uh, became, became very important into the world of Sugarland. Yeah. Um, there are a number of fans that people don't know about this. You can go out and find it, but, uh, that, uh, Erica put together, a thing that she called the Little Miss Project, which was say who Erica is. Erica's a fan. She's a a, a Sugarland fan. Um, I guess you would call them super fan. We just call them friend of the band, right? Right. But uh, she was moved by the song, and the community around Sugarland was developing at the speed of the internet. Right. Because you got to remember, uh, you we were the first band at Universal Nashville. You could download on iTunes. Wow. So that's amazing. Get your head around that. Like at the beginning of Facebook, we had a Facebook group, you know, like. I'm a member of a Sugarland Facebook group. Are you? And yeah. uh, Twitter was new, was invented while we were out on tour. Um, Sort of like the beginnings of the Swifty world were happening um, in parallel with the development of Sugarland, and we were always pretty open to technology. We always thought that was a great thing versus a lot of our acts we were opening for were kind of not into it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brooks and Dunn were like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, whatever. And we were like, no, but, and then suddenly, like, at some point, it became important because CMT was making things be fan voted. So everybody just wanted everyone else to be online and look at advertising. They were selling them. Well, we we were just the bait, you know? And, uh, but what Erica did was she kind of cooked up this idea of, of um, fans telling their story. And then on one page of a piece of paper, and then going to a second page of a piece of paper. It might have been a notebook. might have been two pieces of paper, one in front of the other. Um, something that was a challenge in their life and then how it resolved and that they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And the way that she edited it together sort of worked with the release of the song. So there's always a lot of tension in communicating what's been going on inside in your life. You know, there's this beautiful quote that, um, you know, that, and it circles around and is attributed to everyone, mm-hmm. but, um, be nice to everybody. Cause you have no idea that the battle that they're fighting inside. Right. Right. Because when you look at somebody, we all make assumptions. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Like a new girl. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and you assume that somebody's okay, or you assume they've got their crap together, or you assume that they're successful, or you assume that they're down on their, like whatever you're assuming, a lot of times internally people are going through something they just don't show or they don't share. And Erica kind of encouraged people to very privately in front of the screen or your own camera, say what you're going through and then that you're going to be okay. Because that's what the song is saying is I'm a lot of things. Little miss you're complicated. Yeah. And, and, and I see you without even knowing what's you, what's going on on the inside. And that's what that song's saying is no matter who you are, or what you're going through, the thing that you're forgetting at this very moment is that it's actually going to be okay, but it doesn't feel like that. It's funny because it's like you talk about hiding that song lets you let you hide, but I know you well at this point. And to me, that song is just who you are. Oh, it is. I think because you've made, <laughs> I think you've made a career, I'm going to say career, but you have, you have this way of seeing people and you have this way of making people be seen. And that's what that song is about. And that's what you live every day. So when I hear that song, I don't hear that song and think Christian is hiding. I think I hear that song. I think, well, Christian just put his heart on the table because that's who he is. That's what I think. That's probably true. Even though you didn't ask me. But there you have it. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what you did for me. Yeah. 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 Well, um, it must be because somebody did it for me. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's not an original idea. It's a, uh, you know what I'm grateful for? That uh, I never saw it like that, but that music is the vessel that you use for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, right. You saw your mom, you saw your mom living the way that she lived and you saw Jennifer putting on her makeup and you were inspired by this guitar and by these songs. And then you wrote your heart into that song. And then the band experienced this tragedy and then your fans gave it back to you. Yeah. That's mind blowing. You know, the, the path of that song is staggering. Like when you really look at its storyline, I mean, it's, it's really special. They did a thing um, over a pandemic. I, 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 you know, I play at Eddie's Attic every year after Thanksgiving because my mom died on Thanksgiving and I give myself until the Sunday after Thanksgiving to be miserably sad. And then I have to pull myself out. And this is the 22nd year maybe that I've done this. Uh, And I, I played that song. I think the year, like 19 going into 20 at one of the shows and it was filmed. And during COVID Erica went back and revisited everyone who was in that original little miss project video and, or as many as she could get in touch with. And you got to see the resilience of the same people doing the same thing 10 years later. And it's almost like proof positive that it's going to be okay. It may not end up the way you think it is, but um, it's like what I would like to tell my daughter right now is like, 
it may that you there are a series of things inside you that probably feel like shit right now. But what I'm here to promise, given enough time and patience, those things will be they will resolve in some sort of way and you you will be okay. Right? Uh and and, and it may require big moves. It may require your heart to spill out, break, put back together. It's just glue. Stuff still breaks. It still moves blood around. You know, even if emotions are taking you six ways to Sunday, mental health is is so precious that uh, a song like this puts the focus on that. Yeah. You know, and, and it's a reminder of that. Like, don't let the outside freak you out. <laughs> Stay with yourself. Yeah. You're going to be okay. But um, I love that that song had a life way past what we had. And it's a reminder to me. And I think that's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast with you is that it's a reminder that each of these songs in your life that are important to you, they don't have to be my songs. But there are songs that are so important because they, they're they either telling your story, they're listening to your confession, they're holding your truth, or reminding you of your, you know, truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's such a weird magic. We don't carry around photographs like that. You know, we... I surely don't look at videos on my phone that way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, there's not a lot of reminders that carry so much magic that I keep hearing new things in them, but they remind me. Well, sure. Or they give, they remind you of emotion. It's not like you can take an emotion pill. Well, no, but it's because that it's because that song, you know, lives in a way that photos and videos don't. Right. It, it continues to have a life. People continue to listen to it. You, you're not going to be in your car and have a video from your phone randomly start playing on the radio. Or you're not going to be in a store and be in this super, in, you know, intense time in your life and just have a photo fall from the ceiling. But that's what that song does. And every time it does that, its story grows a little bit deeper. Its roots grow a little bit more. And it develops, it develops more meaning. So that's that's the that's the magic of songs. They sneak up on you when you're not expecting them. This is a perfect time to put a point on our conversation because I don't think I can follow that with anything other than thank you for being Cindy Watts because without you, <laughs> now I'm having this like thought of like when's the next time I'm walking through Target and like stuff's gonna fall from the sky, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I, you know, though it does happen, you know. Um, there's always birds that leave presents that you really don't want. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. From right there, I'm going to say <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you all for joining us here in Sydney uh, and Christians 52. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye, Christian. Bye. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here. 
Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.